Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good morning. It is Thursday, June 1st. It's five minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you for joining us. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. You can follow us on YouTube if you'd like. However, it says Hammer and Nigel. <laughs> it does. We're going to get that uh, corrected, but it is us. If you see Hammer and Nigel on yesterday's date, uh, it will uh, it will pop up as that, but you will see our smiling faces. So welcome, everyone, wherever you're listening from. Let's start off this hour by talking about Ron DeSantis. He's amassed quite a significant campaign war chest. He remains the strongest contender challenger to donald trump he says if he's elected he will destroy leftism at some point these guys are going to have to quit focusing on each other and turn towards joe biden something that ron DeSantis has been trying to do even though donald trump keeps attacking him DeSantis has said he's going to start responding to the trump attacks he's not going to back down he's going to counter punch but there's a new poll out it's a morning consult poll and it says that nationally ron DeSantis. He only gained 2% after announcing that he was officially running for president. Okay, so what's the rule that we've set up here, Casey? You know the rule by which we have set forth for judging how DeSantis Mm -hmm. is (laughs) de-doing. And that rule is Father's Day. Yeah. And when we get to Father's Day, so what is he behind in this poll? What is he? It's probably... uh, 22% with Trump at 56%. Okay, so Trump's at 56, he's at 22. And this is with GOP voters. So these are people who are already going to vote for someone, most likely in the Republican Party. Right, so he's 34 points, right? That would be 34 points behind... um, Trump right now 50 mm-hmm. I'm doing public school math mm-hmm. in the top of my head that's 34 points so if again by June July, June the 18th I think is Father's Day DeSantis is still 20 points down then okay get ready bow you're gonna end for a problem because that's probably a lot to overcome and it's probably break glass in case of emergency time But just like we talked about with Joseph Newgarden and the Indy 500, Mm -hmm. he didn't start at the top. He sporadically and systematically moved forward and worked his way up. So DeSantis in the first two days, May 26th through the 28th, picked up two points. Well, if every two or three days he's picking up two points, Casey, Mm -hmm. by June the 18th, that's in that easily in that 10 to 15 range which is striking range. It, exactly. It's exactly mm-hmm. Joseph Newgarden was not at the top of the leaderboard 50 laps into the 500. He was still maneuvering his way, but the momentum, his car was clearly one of the superior cars on the track. He was having a good day. He was driving well. His team was operating smoothly. You're looking at these things going, okay, this is a guy who could win the 500. Same thing here. Ron Azan is not going to be winning by Father's Day. But if he is systematically and consistently gaining, you know, one or two points in every single poll that comes out, 
perfect. Yeah, and he has been doing that because before he even announced he was running for president, he started to shrink that space between them by 10 points. And now that he's officially announced, it's incrementally, little by little, as you mentioned, he is catching up to Donald Trump. Now, when these same people were asked who their second choice would be, yes, whether it's Trump or DeSantis, DeSantis is out on top of that. And that's important because at some point these guys are going to get on a stage together. Or if Trump refuses to get on a stage, that's not going to go well for him. So at some point they will get on a stage together. And at that point, it will be Ron DeSantis's op- DeSantis, Ron DeSantis's opportunity mm-hmm. with nowhere to run and nowhere to hide to prove that he can mano a mano, that he can man up. Because that was the big thing with Trump in 2016. All these guys, and they were some, he emasculated some really high-profile politicians. He did it to Rand Paul. He did it to Ted Cruz. He certainly did it to Marco Rubio. He obviously did it to Jeb Bush. And I think those guys lost a lot of support because people said, well, if you can't stand up to Trump, how you can stand up to Hillary? Right. And so we'll see. But if if DeSant- DeSantis is in that striking D stance, <laughs> by the time the debates happen in August, game on. Okay, now in a hypothetical rematch between Biden and Trump, they were tied dead even 43 percent according to this poll 10 percent of people said they'd vote for someone else okay but then there was still that five percent that remain undecided and that's the one i don't understand how can you if it's a hypothetical between biden and trump how could you be undecided in that because we've talked about this and this is when the people who call and get mouthy you know on the whole no uh when we tell you there's a, there are millions of people out there who know what Joe Biden is, but because they vote on their feelings, mm-hmm. cannot stand Donald Trump and his behavior, which they believe is highly egregious for someone rising to the ascending to the level of the presidency. Those are those people, and and this is what amazes me is these people who listen to our show will try to act like those people don't exist. They show up in every single poll. It doesn't. You don't have to agree with it, but their vote counts. And if you want to win, don't be mad at the radio guy. I'm just relaying the information that's in the poll. These people show up in every single poll. Yes, it's ridiculous that that's how they vote, but their vote counts the same as yours. So you can either keep going, no, oh, that's stupid, and not get the vote, or acknowledge they exist, and yes, it's stupid, but try to get the vote. Trump's not getting that vote. There's also the others in this poll. And I don't know why, but they keep adding her into it. Liz Cheney yes. is getting 2%. Yes, isn't that wild? I mean, Mike Pence is getting 5%, Nikki Haley 4%, Tim Scott 3%, and Christy Nome, who I, I don't believe has... She's said, not running yet. She's running for right. president. She's not committed. But Liz Cheney's getting 2%. And of course, the someone else option is receiving 1%. It's 12 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And let's get everybody up to date with what is going on with Jim Lucas. Of course, he's a Indiana state rep, House District 69. He's been serving in office since 2012. Well, he was arrested on charges of driving while intoxicated, also abandoning his car after a crash. The actual sheriff's office lists the following charges, motor vehicle operating while intoxicating, endangerment, motor vehicle leaving the scene of a crash, property damage of a motor vehicle, operating a vehicle while intoxicated. 
And again, this is according to WTHR, did the reporting on this. There have been some new things that have come out since, obviously, yesterday. We talked about this when it was very fresh. He, I believe, I'm not sure he had even bonded out by the time we were still talking about this, this story. Yeah. Uh, and so I will just read it from their website, so that way people can not say Rob's making things up or getting things wrong. This is WTHR. State police said they got a call just after midnight Wednesday morning about a car that had gone off the road and crashed down an embankment near State Road 11 and Interstate 65. Police said when they got there, the car was gone and all that was left was a badly damaged guardrail along the interstate. According to police, a short time later, a Seymour police officer found a badly damaged car parked just down the road at a local carpet and flooring business on State Road 11, north of Seymour. That's where they also found Lucas walking nearby. Oh, okay. So that that is the official report, as according to WTHR. Um, he was administered sobriety tests by state police, it appears, which is proper procedure when you're dealing with someone who is an infl- is a lawmaker, is a is a elected official in a in a town because you don't want any sense of impropriety. Okay, it's also being reported that a blood test was performed, but the results are pending for that. We still don't know what those results say. Okay, so uh, I was going to handle this one way when I came in, when I was planning on coming in today, and because we talked at length about it, and I said, you know, yesterday, as long as Jim resigns and apologizes, because mm-hmm. there's so many people yesterday, I can't wait to hear your take on this. I don't want this to happen to anyone, even people who were vicious to me, even people who were terrible to the taxpayers. I don't want that. I want those people to lose at the ba- at the ballot box. I want them to lose for their actions in office, not for personal tragedies and misfortunes. But yesterday came and went, and we did not get an apology from Jim to his constituents. And that really angered me. And I was prepared to come in here today and handle it one way. And then uh, yesterday I had a long talk with my wife who is so often the voice of sanity and reason for me. And then on top of that, because God does work in powerful ways, Micah mm-hmm. messaged me and we had a long chat about it. And here's where I'm at with it. Everyone needs to pray for Jim Lucas. Jim Lucas clearly has some very serious things going on in his life. And ultimately, it doesn't matter what I want because I'm hung up on, look, I'm a taxpayer and this guy's going to make decisions that affect me. But I think it's absolutely appropriate to give him space to do what the right thing is. And I think everybody, I think most people would agree that a strong apology and then resignation would not be out of line. But ultimately... It's going to come down to Jim Lucas to come to that decision. And some guy, everybody knows what he did now. Everybody knows what it is. Everybody knows the mistake he made. The details are going to just continue to come out as body cam footage becomes available. Mm -hmm. The blood draw becomes available. Some guy beating him up on the radio because I'm honked off that people like this get to make decisions for me and my family. That's not going to change anything. And so I would encourage everybody to pray for Jim that he does the right thing, that he does the right thing by his constituency and by the people of the state of Indiana, because ultimately he will know what that right thing is and that he will get the help that he needs. And 
I am going to be giving him space to do mm-hmm. that, those things mm-hmm. for now. So I'm done with this for now. Now we'll report on if news comes out, mm-hmm. et cetera, mm-hmm. but the rage is gone for me because that's not going to solve anything. And let's give him space for now and hope he does the right thing. And he uses this for good to better the lives of others. Okay, well, you said for now. How long do we wait, though? I, I don't know what that is, Casey. I don't know what that that answer is. Because there's part of me that's still upset that he will get to be a state rep even though they're not in session. But ultimately, in the things I have to think about and worry about right now, mm-hmm. that's small potatoes because he's not actually making choices that affect 7 million other people right now. Yeah, I mean, when this when this news came out yesterday morning... At this point, like you mentioned, we don't even know if he was out on bond, which was set at $705. So he was dealing with a lot. I mean, I'll just, it is sober up still. And then he's getting all of this stuff out there about it. It's, It's a lot for someone to take in. I'm sure he's probably well aware how irresponsible he was. And what he's gonna do now, that's on him. Right, and if we did... And his family. Well, sure, right, and so, you know, my thought process was I figured there would be an immediate apology, and the fact that that didn't come out yesterday, that just, it enraged me late yesterday afternoon. But then, through, again, talking to my wife and talking to Micah, my personal issues with this guy should not trump him getting the the help that he needs in, in the immediacy... And if I am going to walk the walk and talk the talk about my faith, now is a great time to express that. Mm -hmm. Now, if we're heading towards session next year and he's still staying in the ball game and going to try to continue to get money from me as a taxpayer and going to try to make decisions that affect me and my family, given his clear issues with judgment, well, then maybe we'll address it then. But for now... For now, let's give him the space to do the right thing. And ultimately, hopefully his constituents, if he doesn't in the near future do the right thing, they will start speaking and trying to hold him accountable to do that. I still think that he should release an apology. Oh, absolutely. And uh, you know, I think very clearly he should resign. Yeah, give him space to do that. But there's a window. He's got to acknowledge it, in my opinion. Or... One of his family members has to. Well, I don't think family members have to. I think he he has to. He's the state rep. He's the guy, you know, with much power comes much responsibility. But my point on all this, and I know we're running long, mm-hmm. is after those conversations last night, I realized the shortcomings that I was having, even though it's out of passion and wanting to do and create a better government, a better society. And, and it's not about me, right? I'm a big boy. Fighting with elected officials comes with the territory. And people saying mean things to me comes with the territory. And I don't care about that. It's... I'm just upset that these people get to do things, but that's beyond my control. And in my control right now as a person, as a Christian, as someone who cares about others, is for him to be in a better place and then hopefully do the right things. It is 20 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 
22 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about a couple quick hits there here that are trending. Turkey Run State Park. Okay, so Travel Awaits ranked all of the state parks in the United States. They came up with the top 10 list, and Turkey Run State Park, according to them, is the seventh best in the entire nation. Wow. I know. We're I, number seven. We're number seven. I, I love Turkey Run State Park. It's fantastic. Also trending this morning, Al Pacino. Did you hear about this? <laughs> He's having a baby. Do you remember last uh... was the last week? It was a couple of weeks ago. Robert De Niro welcomed his seventh child, Robert De Niro, 79 years old. Well, now Al Pacino doing the same thing. Al Pacino, you want to take a guess on how old he is? Well, I cheated. So you know how yes, old I, he so is. Yes, I would. I, you know, I'm a man of immense integrity, so mm-hmm. that would not work for me. He's 83 years old. Yeah, that's and old. his girlfriend is 29. Okay, who's having the baby. So, you know, I'm torn on this because anytime you bring life into the world, that's a precious and wonderful thing, mm-hmm. and I hope that these babies that are being born are able to live incredible lives and live faith-based lives and Christ-centered lives and do immense good in the world and change the world for the better. I hope all of those things happen and they use their resources that they'll inevitably have because of who their fathers are for great good. But I do wonder what sort of life you will, I mean, the reality is they're old, right? I mean, the reality is these are people that are 80 in, you know, essentially in their, both of them in their 80s. And based on average human male life expectancy, they will not see them graduate high school. Or yeah, I mean, at, at <laughs> you know, if they hit ten years old, that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So, what sort of life is that? Well, yes, you will have financial security in all likelihood, but you won't actually have your father there, and your father is going to be someone deep into senior citizenship who physically you more associate much more with the, as a grandfather or even a great-grandparent, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, they know what they're doing. That's their choice to Sure, absolutely, to make. absolutely. And nobody's saying they, they, they you know, can't do it or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. I just, man, I do, I'm torn on that because on one hand, I'm glad this life exists and I'm glad this, this, this person, this baby is going to be able to grow and be a person. But on the other hand, as a father, you know, my wife and I were talking about this the other day about how many, you know, children would you like to have and one of the things i told her is i said well many but i also want to be cognizant of being able to be an actual parent mm-hmm. to these child and by parent standards while she is still young i am on the older you know older side not that i'm going to be in a wheelchair hopefully anytime soon but i want to see my children grow up be able to be actively engaged in right. all the things that whatever children we are blessed to have do I'm, well at 83 <laughs> al pacino's going to be much different than where you are at almost 40. Yeah. Also trending this morning is the construction of 11 Park. This is the Indy 11 new stadium. It's going to be along the east shore of White River between West Washington Street and Kentucky Avenue. Now, I have to believe that they think they can attract an MLS team for this. I mean, it's going to be a 20,000-seat stadium. It's also going to have apartments, a hotel, public plaza, but parking. The, but the major thing they're retail, up against, restaurants. Casey, here's the major thing they're up against though. And look, I'm always cheering for the city of Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Even with Joe Hawk set in charge, I'm a Hoosier lifer. But the thing they're up against is the city of Indianapolis. This place is a war zone. 
It stinks. It's dirty. It's crime-ridden. People don't want to come down here, Casey. Mm-hmm. The businesses down here, we hear all the time about how they're struggling, about how retail businesses are struggling. Why would, I mean, look, I get that people are into the Indy 11, and now whether they're going to be able to succeed and get 20,000 people consistently, well, I don't think their current attendance matches anywhere near that. I, I could I could be wrong. You're more of a soccer fan than I am. But even if you can get the thing to work for Indy 11 games, well, mm-hmm. how many of those are there? How are you going to combat what Joe Hogg said has done to this city? How are you going to overcome that? Yeah, well, like, I, I, I have to believe that they have another plan for it. Like, they think if, if we build it, they will come. Now, again, are the, we going to get an MLS team here in India? My understanding on this is, and I could be wrong, uh, but my understanding is it is 20% privately funded. Mm-hmm. 80% of it is coming from a special tax district, which says basically not that there are more taxes, but the taxes that are collected will stay in that district. I don't have much of a beef with that because you're creating revenue that otherwise wouldn't have been there and that money staying there, so you're creating development that wouldn't have been there. I don't much have a beef with that. I guess my question, what I don't fully understand is what if it fails? Mm. How does that stadium get paid for? Um, so wish them the best. I want yeah. I want it to work. I want good things for the city. I just think you're up against a really hard sell because Indianapolis sucks right now. Okay, we've got voicemails coming up. No, we don't because we- I've been doing a gajillion things this morning, Casey, <laughs> and we've had a lot of uh, things in flux today. Yeah, we so have. we we uh, I'll uh, we will not have voicemails today. Okay, well we've got what's his name, Danny Masterson. Yeah, boy, he's in he's in big, big trouble. trouble. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna talk about that. That's on the way from ninety three WIBC. From you, Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. It is 1032. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. The voicemail intro is there, which means we do have voicemail. Yeah, you had a great, because I was like, I mean, Casey, look, I've just had a gajillion things going I on know. this morning. Uh, we had this recording of State House happening. Mm-hmm. So we had some other things we were taking care of. Things were a little bit out of sorts technologically. Um, but we do have voicemails yes. because I've for- totally forgotten, and this is why you are the better half of the show. That we had multiple Mm -hmm. really good voicemails yesterday. That we didn't get to. That we didn't get to. And you, from the ashes, you have (laughs) salvaged the voicemails. 317-684-8444 is the phone number. We Mm -hmm. will bring the voicemails back uh, tomorrow. Um, So one of the things we continue to talk about is the, the COVID, the excuse, what, what, didn't I have a name for them yesterday? For the Trump, the only Trump people who will excuse whatever Trump did during COVID. Mm -hmm. And this is what amazes me. It's like today, right out of the gate on this show. What did we do? I condemned Thomas Massey's vote on the debt ceiling. Why? Because it sucks and it was the wrong thing to do. And the fact that I really liked Thomas Massey, when our politicians do something egregious, you can't have favorites. You got to call these people out. That's the only way you hold them accountable. And if you start going, well, that was awful, but that's my guy. I can't, mm-hmm. Or that's my girl. I can't. You're doing a huge disservice. Forgiving them for it. Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, for, you know, forgiveness is one thing, but I mean, we got to be able to say, I mean, forgive them as a person, but as a politician, we're done with sure. you. That stinks. That's terrible. It's awful. There's no way you believe that. And yet the only Trump people, no matter how much it gets just 
put right in their face about what he did during COVID, well, it's not his fault. Well, whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? So we got another call yesterday from the Trump, I don't know, I forgot what his name is. But anyway, somebody who always excuses whatever Trump does. Robert, I'm a little upset with you right now. 99.9% of the time, I agree with everything you say, but please don't ever get on Mark Levine. However, it might have not been one of the best interviews, but that man knows the Constitution better than 95% of our senators, 95% of our House representatives, and 95% of the United States. Give him a break. Mm. Relax. (laughs) So I can go back to loving you again tomorrow. (laughs) Although I haven't given up on the love. This guy is a very nice guy. He's a big listener. So he was talking about, we had played that clip of Mark Levin Mm -hmm. sitting down with Donald Trump. Yeah. And we were talking about just how beneath it was somewhat of Mark Levin's stature. I mean, he was groveling. Yeah, he was fanboying. I mean, it was pathetic. The guy of his age and accomplishment, he's an author, he's a syndicated radio host. I mean, he was just, you're right. I mean, it was way worse than when I interviewed Trump, and I was on the community radio station. I think the audio clip that we played was about 35 seconds long, and the entire clip was just of him with Donald Trump sitting across from him, just gushing over him, and we kept waiting. Is he going to ask a question? Yeah. And it it took a while. Yeah, it was uh, that when we you know rightfully said that's not what someone of his stature should be doing, but it is what it is. And look, man, I just don't understand. I mean, right out of the gate today, Thomas Massey did something terrible. Doesn't matter that I've been a big Thomas Massey proponent. We can't. These people are voting against us. You can't have a favorite when somebody's voting against you. They're taking your money when they're adding four trillion to the nation, the national debt. That's devaluing your dollar. That's devaluing your your buying power. That is defaulting on you. You can't just go, well, because it's Thomas Massey, I'm not going to address it. No, we own it here. I would hope the Trump, only Trump people would treat Trump and what he did during COVID the same way. We had a question the other day after the Indy 500. Yeah. 3.6 was what he won. Yeah. Joseph Newgarden won $3.6 million. But how much of that does he actually get? Right. That was our question was, it always says, Joseph Newgarden takes up $3.6 million. Yeah. Does he actually get that or is that with his team? Mm-hmm. You and I, not exactly IndyCar experts, we said surely in our land of Somebody knows. a wide variety of listeners, someone would know, and someone did call with the answer. So, in to Rob's question about IndyCar payouts for the purses, my family was in IndyCar, recently retired, and to answer your question, it depends on the driver's contract. Uh, the driver will always get a chunk of the purse. It just depends on what percentage the team gets per their individual contracts so hope that helps have a good day so stingray rob who's Mm -hmm. 21 in his first 500 and lucky to be in the race i mean not to say he didn't earn it or whatever but i mean let's face it he doesn't have quite the options that renus vk or an alex pillow or scott dixon might have in the future so maybe that's part of the contract. We make a better deal ski with you to come drive for us. We're giving you a bigger percent of the purse mm-hmm. than, you know, again, Marco Andretti might get. I'm wondering if their pole position has anything to do with it, like where they qualify. Because, you know, like in the Big Ten, yeah. the coaches, 
they get X amount of money if they get to a bowl game yeah, yeah. or if they're win the Big Ten championship, they get X amount of money. I'm wondering if it's anything like that. Well, I would guess, and again, just totally a guess. Top five pole position, you're going to get more money. Well, I think they get paid based on how you qualify as part mm-hmm. of the deal, and so they whatever percentage they get, they probably get of that. Yeah. So at least we have a working knowledge now next year. <laughs> we'll be ready. We'll be ready next year <laughs> we'll if we see. still have jobs. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, remember the other day I ex- talked about how I did a civic service uh, with the person who I work with at the golf course. This is a high school right. person mm-hmm. and they were looking at their pay stub uh, and I could tell it might as well have been hieroglyphics. They had no idea. And I said, do you, you know, do you understand what any of that is? And they said, no. And I said, wait, and this is a very accomplished student. This is not a person who's spending a lot of time in in in-school suspension or detention, (laughs) Uh, very accomplished, going to go to college and pursue. I said, so you are about to be a senior in high school and they've never taught you how to read the back of a pay stub. And they said, no. And I said, well, that is unbelievable, but totally believable because it's Brownsburg, and we're told they're the number one school system, and they're totally focused on DEI, mm-hmm. you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, but a kid doesn't even know how to read the back of a check. And so, I mean, you know, Social Security, Medicare, you know, the, the the FICA stuff, the state tax, county tax, explained all of that. And I said, in 10 minutes, I've done more than the education system did for you in 11 years. And this person was then, well, what is Social Security? Oh, boy. Well, it's something you pay into that you'll never get any <laughs> benefit be from. What, what is Medicare? It's for, a, once again, something you to pay in that won't be there. When it's, and this this kid was like, outraged. well, why do I have to do this? Because that's how the government keeps you beholden to them. Yeah. And and then it dawned on me. It was like, this is why it's everybody's working in cahoots here, right? The public education system has a vested interest in not teaching young people how the system works, what these things are, how to think for themselves, because if they start realizing, this kid was enraged after she realized, wait, I'm paying for something I'm never going to have? You gotta be kidding me. That kid walked out of there. Probably a little dejected. Well, and a different thinker than they walked into into the place with because they understood now how to evaluate the information. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is everybody working together. The government wants the kids not knowing because if the kids knew, they'd be outraged at the government for how the government's taking their money and how little they're getting in return, and then they would start voting these people out. But if they don't know, they don't know how to be engaged. Exactly. And so we got a call about that. Yeah, I just got a call in and comment. Yeah, you hit it on the nail. It's all by design with the education system to keep people, you know, dumb, ignorant, and in the dark, and more worried about frivolous things instead of uh, where their tax dollars are going and where their income's going. And it's uh, it's by design. The only thing you can do now is just burn the thing down to the ground and start over. Hmm. Bye. Dumbing down of America. But let's make sure that we have your pronouns <laughs> correct because we don't want to hurt your feelings. So we got voicemails today. Good job. And that's all thanks to you. Yes, you're welcome. And our fabulous callers. We will have them back in real time tomorrow. 317-684-8444. That's the phone number if you would like to contribute. It's 1042. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It is 
It's 1046. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. What did you just say? Well, I just saw this. It came out five hours ago from Fox News. I haven't had a chance to read the article yet, but the headline popped out at me. Nearly 10,000 photos from Hunter Biden's laptop hit the web. Oh, yikes. Truth and transparency. So I'm just going to scan this article really quick. Well. It's called (laughs) BidenLaptopMedia.com. Houses almost 10,000 photos spanning from 2008 to 2019. This is Fox News with the article. This is Fox News with the article. Wow. Yeah. Well, we may have to do a deeper dive uh, <laughs> later on in the show because that is just coming across our uh, uh-huh. our radar here. But in the meantime, look, yeah. it is, uh, I mean, it should be obvious to anybody with any remote amount of intelligence just how dirty and corrupt not just Biden is, but this whole family, Casey. I'm, I'm sorry, Rob, but I'm reading this article. Apparently, there's like screenshots of his Candy Crush games and different things. 98% of the photos on this website are from his laptop. Oh, we're going to have to get into that. Oh, my goodness. But yes, there was this new poll, and it said more than half the country thinks that Joe Biden is corrupt. Well, and that's it's obvious. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's just so... There's so much evidence. I mean, in in terms of di- digital footprints, text messages, mm-hmm. electronic correspondence, that this kid of his just left the breadcrumbs. That if it were anybody else, that whole family would be sitting in federal prison right now. Mm-hmm. But because it's Joe Biden, Pass. five years, and we're still just dragging our our feet on it. So at least the American people have awoken and are aware of who these people are, even if the the justice system appears to not be willing to do anything about it. Okay, so spokesperson John Kirby, he was asked about this. And I I really, we have to really listen to this audio carefully <laughs> because he was asked about this poll that said half the country thinks that Joe Biden is corrupt. And uh, <laughs> here's his answer. In the middle of this, there was a Harvard-Harris poll this month that found that 53% of the public, including a fourth of Democrats, believe, quote, Joe Biden was involved with his son in an, in an illegal influence peddling scheme. Uh, there's, of course, evidence that the president interacted with his relatives, associates from China, uh, Mexico, Kazakhstan, Russia, and Ukraine. Uh, so what do you say to the majority of Americans who believe that the president is himself corrupt? Wow. The president, the president, the president has spoken to this. Uh, the president has spoken to this. Uh, and there's nothing to these claims. Casey, I was listening real hard, mm-hmm. and it sounded did like I, I heard someone in the background. Did you hear it? I did. Yeah, that was Corinne Jean-Pierre, oh! who was standing right next to John Kirby. Uh-huh. John Kirby says, wow. And then you hear Corinne Jean-Pierre say, Jesus. Yeah. Can you play it again? Can you cue it up to that? I mean, she's she's faint, and she's in the background, but that's her yeah, reaction. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. I mean, I've got these headphones on, but it seemed pretty obvious. Let's wow. Jesus. <laughs> yep, there it is. <laughs> They don't want. To, they do not want to field questions about that. Well, and and isn't it pathetic that I mean it is, and it's the exact same thing we went through in 2020, where they hid and and disabled, for lack of a better term, the laptop story. Mm-hmm. It's obviously his laptop. He's all over the thing. It's not like it's one video where you go, well, that's a doctored video, or one photo. No, that's that's not him. It's not like, you know, they've got him assassinating. Oswald in the tunnel or something. It's obvious it's him. He's doing the things that everybody knows he did. And yet they in 2020, well, this could be Russian disinformation. Sure. 
I mean, it is pathetic that these people are out walking amongst us because they are horribly corrupt people who have totally had vote and office for sale for who knows how long. How did Joe Biden end up with classified documents from the 1970s in his garage, Casey? <laughs> he walked out with them. I'm I'm still fascinated by this article because now I'm finding it everywhere. <laughs> This uh, BidenLaptopMedia.com, all of these photos, they're saying that the... Is there more nudity? Is there more Hunter well, Biden naked photos? And that's what, I, that's what I was about to say. They're saying that genitalia is oh, being... It's being fuzzed no. out. But there's text conversations with Hunter Biden and Haley Biden. They're, oh, boy. It's... We're going to have some fun with that one. Let's uh, let's talk about what's going on with Danny Masterson. This is the guy who was in that '70s show. Yes, Hyde was that his name? Was that that his sounds name? right. Is that right? Yeah, the, one with the, the curly hair. Yeah, I think that was his name. He was convicted yesterday on two counts of forcible rape, and the jury, there was a third rape charge. They couldn't reach a verdict in that one. They were deadlocked in that one. But he faces up to 30 years in prison now. Okay, there's so many things that are super interesting about this. Number one, he had previously gone through a trial. A mistrial was declared because they couldn't get, mm -hmm. I mean, it was a hung, hung jury. Yeah. And it came out in that trial that the majority of the jury members voted to acquit. So he went from the majority voting to acquit in the first trial, and I don't know what the difference was between the two. Sometimes it's just different people with different interpretations. But something happened where he was almost out of this, and now he's been convicted. Yep. The other thing that's very interesting about this, and again, I'm not at all familiar with the intricate details of the case, these allegations were from 2001 to 2003. Yes. I'm not sure how you prove something from 20 years ago, but apparently they did, yep. at least to the level the beyond a reasonable doubt, which is the, the standard juries are supposed to use. He asked to be free until the sentencing. The hearing is set for August 4th for the sentencing, how long he'll be spending time in jail. But the judge denied it and said, no, you're not walking around among us. Well, a bunch of stuff had come out on this guy. He was deeply involved in Scientology mm -hmm. and... Look, I'm sure there are otherwise decent people who are involved in Scientology, maybe even people who are hearing our voice right now, but there is a long list of odd behavior out of people who are involved in Scientology. And so that is, I'm not going to say use the phrase strike number one, but that was the first kind of glaring thing. And I mean... One of the victims said that she was happy about it because it's going to shine a light on how Scientology and other conspirators enabled and covered up his actions. Okay, she uh, per that she perfectly uh, is enunciated. Is that the right word I'm looking for? Is that the word for mm -hmm. speak? She spoke. Mm -hmm. um, the red flags that many people have related to Scientology. Certain parts of Scientology. Mm -hmm. So she articulated better the much of what I was attempting to get out. Yeah. Okay. So they're saying that within these, what he did is he drugged these women. And so they could not give their consent to have sex with him one way or the other. They couldn't say yes or no. They were, they were out. And then he did what he wanted. And obviously these are super serious allegations and clearly he's been, you know, con he's convicted on a couple of them. Mm-hmm. 
so if you remove that, isn't it interesting the mindset of someone like this who when these allegations allegedly happen, he's been convicted. We still say allegedly if he's been convicted. No, I don't he's know. been convicted. Okay, he's whatever. waiting to be sentenced. So whatever phrase we're using, it was at the height of what you would consider his fame. That 70s show was still ongoing at mm-hmm. that at that point and could have had not to say any woman it's not like he's brad pitt but he could have had a cavalcade of women who would have engaged in willingly consensual relations right. and yet chose to go this path according to what was i guess proven in court mm-hmm. and that is so sick i mean it's sick to do it at any time even if you you know look like john wayne gacy but much less if he, you know, I mean, a relatively decent guy. And back then he was a decent looking dude and obviously had all sorts of fame and money. And again, clearly had much at his disposal in terms of resources and chooses to be engage in this behavior. Yeah. He's going to pay for it for, yeah. a, lo- for a long I mean, time, he's, he's too, probably, well, as he should. Well, if he gets 30 years, he was born in 76. So that would make him 47 years old. So it's basically a life, I mean, right, the rest almost of a life, life sentence, depending yeah. on how much he has to actually serve. Yeah. It is 1055. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And before we get to a break, I wanted to share with you this new campaign ad. This is coming out of San Francisco. They launched a $6 million ad campaign painting the city as quirky and fun. And that is because nobody is visiting San Francisco anymore. Welcome to the most beautiful city in the world, where it's never the same, but always San Francisco. San Francisco, I'm coming home again, never to roam again. I come San Francisco, I don't need Frisco. San Francisco, So the city's been plagued with just homelessness, drug abuse. A lot of the retailers are bailing out of the city. And it's obviously suffering. Have you ever been to San Francisco? Do I look like someone who's ever been to San Francisco? I love San Francisco. I One barely... of my favorite cities. There's just there was so much fantastic stuff. I've barely been out of the city, Casey. Oh man, it's so sad. What has happened to San Francisco and all of our American cities? It's just. I hope the campaign works for them, but they they got to turn it around. 1056 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.